There you go again. Go for me right now. That's not right. These are not bright people in our government. Oh, go figure. The nightmare begins. This is the Brian Suits Show. Hey, I'm from the KTTH. Brian Suits here and fully functional producer Rob um, in the other room. And how come you, how come you never told me about uh, Lil, Lil Yachty before? I'm, I'm so disconnected from <laughs> pop music. Same here, actually. I'm, I'm way too old for it. Well, um, according to the Washington Post, and I, I believe them, uh, the real plague of this day and age is that pop pop songs are getting shorter. But but how short? And I never heard of Lil Lil. Of course, is little. But anyway, Lil Yachty, like yacht, Y A C H T Y. And here's a little bit of his um, very popular Poland. There you go. So, and if you uh, decry me for cutting him off and not giving you uh, as much as you wanted, uh, well, it's a minute 28. And it probably needs to be edited for content. He, he released it as a minute 28. Well, let's let's find out again here. That, that part didn't. That part didn't. Don't worry about dumping okay. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so you keep dumping. So anyway, um, <clears throat> pop songs are getting shorter in the era of streaming and TikTok. Guess what? And you know what? Um one, one I got to say you you've you've heard me full on just giving the show The Bear on Hulu a tongue bath. Great show. Just a great show. If you've ever spent a minute working in a restaurant, you should watch that show. If you've ever spent a minute paying attention when you're in a restaurant, to the dynamics of it, you should watch the show. And and also, if you're just a fan of uh, just a really, really well-written show, you should watch the show. Um, I'm not saying spend a dime doing that or anything like that. I'm just saying um, give it a shot. But one of the things that they do is is they, they're not stuck to any format, like each episode of Masters of the Air is one hour or, you know, whatever, right? Some episodes of The Bear are under 30 minutes, like 22 minutes. How, how do they build the pro, the programming around that? Some uh, just Weird. some episodes just don't require more than 26 minutes. And so they'll give you 26 minutes, and then you get to the part seven, you know, whatever. Then you get to the legendary Christmas special from season two, which if you've ever had a family dispute at a holiday, and if you've ever wondered what is Jamie Lee Curtis sound sound like when she uh, has grandpa's cough medicine and drops F-bombs. You're going to want to watch that episode. Probably the single greatest well-written episode of episodic TV ever, right? But it's funny because I think it's a reflection of people's attention span. Um, 26 minutes, 22 minutes, you know. and the TikTok here. I'm, and I'm partially guilty of it because... When when I was watching the first episodes of Masters of the Air, I was I was taking a break, you know, at at twenty minutes. I was pausing and doing something else. And oh look, shiny, and someone dangled yarn in front of me. The whole thing, um, great, hilarious series called Fleabag a couple of years ago on BBC. Um, and she she each episode was only like twenty one minutes. Um, and. I, and the the great thing I realize the great thing about Fleabag is if you're offended in the first forty seconds of episode one, the pilot, don't watch one more minute of that show. 
you just save yourself some time. If you think that's hilarious, keep watching the show. But anyway, from Taylor Swift's Midnight Rain, which I'm, I'm unfamiliar with because I'm disconnected from pop culture, to Lil Yachty's Poland, which I'm now very familiar with. I know what parts I can play and, and can't. New songs are getting shorter. One-fifth of the nominated songs in this year's Grammy Awards will clock in at... I Should I, should I do over-under with producer Rob? Well, I've never done that game with you, have I? I never have done it. And I've, you know what? Okay, I'm going to out myself. I've never understood the over and under thing. Um, oh, it's a sports ball thing. Okay, so um, in the 90s, um, the average pop song, back when people played music on the radio, the average pop song was four minutes, 14 seconds. Um, which, and, and I mean, I remember in the heyday of FM rock, you had cashmere. Right. You know, Steve Slayton would play Cashmere at 8 p.m. on KISW, and then sometimes he'd play it back-to-back. And yeah. my God, the hotline would be ringing three minutes into that, one minute into that a second one. Okay, so um, from the 90s to today, pop songs are how many minutes on average shorter? Um, four minutes, three minutes, or one minute shorter than the 90s? Three minutes. Uh, one, 3.15. Um, so, uh, but they are, but the point is they're the high watermark of the pop song. And that, that's not just classic. I mean, Cashmere was 1978. Um, that was 90s songs and that was like Smashing Pumpkins and all that. It was 414. You didn't get penalized for a song past three minutes. And anyway, because of TikTok and Lil Yachty, things are, um, but then again, this stuff is meant for a playlist. It's not. It's not meant for, um, you know, the DJ's pee break and going. All right, we'll be back on the other side of this new one from Lil Yachty. It's not Bohemian rap. I took the All right, we're back on Hot Fifty Five. <laughs> it's, it's not. It's not. I mean, and and that's why the entire radio industry begged Led Zeppelin to write Cashmere for for the overnight guy. And and he and and they did. Jimmy Page wrote it, and he said, "I've I've I've heard your call of the bathroom, and here here was your gift. It's called cashmere. So uh, that's that's a very bad radio joke. But so anyway, um, but you do. But even though you're not big on the sports ball, um, how about I I had an immediate idea yesterday at the AFC Championship game. Well, now Taylor Swift is going to be at the Super Bowl in two weeks. <clears throat> you can't help it." Um, they've they've fixed the NFL so that the Chiefs are going to be in the superb owl in two weeks. I can't talk about the show and because the name is trademarked. So now that you know that she's already going to be there, she's going to get her own hotel and transportation for the superb owl. Why not pay her a ton of cash to actually be part of the halftime show? She should, and she should run for vice president. The well. the um the NFL got a gift falling in their lap. Tay-Tay swiped left on Travis, on, on tight end Travis. She probably misunderstood what the nickname was. Swipe left, they work out. And then yesterday at the end of the game, a full-on, uh, full smash. I mean, they go face-to-face, lip-to-lip. I think he slips through. Some, hey, he's all sweaty. I mean, I, I, I give her credit. He's, he, had a, he had a career-defining game yesterday, uh, catching 11 for 11. 111 yards, gets a touchdown at the end. And so he's all stinky and sweaty. He's he's not just stinky and sweaty, but he's got that dried sweat. And she goes full on. 
she she digs into that and she says, "Give me some of that." And uh, so I give her credit. That's why I would say it's not a setup. This is not some like NFL marketing uh, um, matchup. You know, uh, three level Spock chess because you couldn't get her to do that for enough money. So I'm saying that this is a real deal, and the NFL is just dumb to not immediately be talking to her people, saying, "Look, what if we give her five minutes of uh, how about a surprise close of the the uh, iconic uh, Super Bowl halftime show?" But I'm, I'm we'll track that. Let's put a pin in that one. We'll put it up on the wall and post it. And I'm I'm just saying, uh, could be happening anyway. The uh, USS um, Lloyd Austin just surfaced. So here is the beginning of his uh, remarks. Um, talking about uh, Syria and uh, the the uh, the whole thing. Sometimes there's too much information. I think we know too much about uh, Lloyd Austin and one of those you know those round donut pillows that you have to sit on. But um, here he is from a just a prior to a meeting with the Secretary of Secretary General of NATO uh, Jens Stoltenberg. Well, good, good morning, everybody. Uh, let me start with my outrage and sorrow for the death of three brave U.S. troops in Jordan and for the other troops who were wounded. The President and I will not tolerate attack on U.S. forces, and we will take all necessary actions to defend the U.S. and our troops. Now, at this important time, I'm glad to be back uh, at the Pentagon. I feel good and am recovering well, but still recovering. Uh, and I appreciate all the, the good wishes that I've received thus far. And then he launches into his tongue bath of Jens Stoltenberg and how great NATO is and the, the, uh, the whole thing. Um, and I, I rather think that, and uh, this, is, this is my spidey sense, uh, by the way, um, that the president might be coming... We're going to get short notice that the president's coming live from the Oval Office later on today. There's nothing else uh, scheduled. And as cynical as this sounds, um, yes, this is all re-election stuff at this point. It's, it is de facto, it's pro forma, that if, if a nation like Iran just did what they did, You hit them back really hard. You don't sit there. They're, they're trying to distance themselves. What, what is the, the from uh, the Financial Times? Iran distanced itself from an attack that killed three U.S. soldiers as pressure built domestically on President Joe Biden to respond against Iran. That's the takeaway. They can say whatever they want, but distancing yourself from your own death drone, your own kamikaze drone, the same kind that are that are hitting uh, Kiev every night that you sold uh, Putin— um, that closes the distance real damn fast. You, you may not have given them the green light, the, the Iraqi uh, militia that did this, but you didn't stop them either, and you could have stopped them. Uh, but there, there is a large uh, Iranian uh, logistical base that is uh, about 75 miles east of where this uh, strike happened. We know it. We've hit it in the past, and we're going to pulverize it. And I, I think if, if, if my suggestion was followed, you would pulverize it from the air, um, land a battalion of rangers on there, flip everything upside down and kill it, um, and then get back on helicopters and go back to the uh, back to base for tea and medals and a showing of poor things uh, in the fest tent. But um, 
I'm not quite sure that Biden is quite made of that kind of stuff, but uh, that that is the one thing that would make the Iranians maybe not try to do that. The reason being, <clears throat> souls, Iran has all the bodies and souls lined up ready to sacrifice. But the material loss that they would suffer, it's a giant bother for them to fly stuff into Syria, um, fly over Iraq and act like you're offloading humanitarian stuff uh, in Damascus and then drive it back uh, through the, the uh, desert. Um, the giant inconvenience is uh, one part. But uh, so we'll, we'll see. But like I say, that's, that's my sense of the rhythm of things. Um, the gigantic movement of uh, air-to-air refuelers um, from March Air Force Base in Riverside, California. We flew tankers from California um, early yesterday afternoon across the U.S. to refuel in Newfoundland, fly across to uh, Britain where, where they haven't, where they, 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 they're sitting today, and we'll move them forward. Uh, maybe to the RFBs and Greece, or whatever. But the air-to-air refuelers mean that the carrier aircraft are in the mix as well. There's two carriers in the region. And remember, this is you know this is the Iranians throwing. Biden said, "Don't." That was his one word, "Don't." They threw it back in his face. So this is the USS or else, and then the USS me and what army? And so they can put up uh, around 90 aircraft, total combat aircraft each. I mean, I mean, together, and then those will refuel and uh, hit targets in Syria. The real thing that's happening right now is the prioritization of targets. There's plenty of targets in Syria, plenty, plenty, plenty. The Iranians know that, and they know our propensity for moving mud instead of really uh, hitting a base uh, when people are there. But as the night goes on, because it's about 7 p.m. in in that part of the world in, in Syria right now, uh, on a Monday, and we know that they have. There's not a car for every guy or a car for every five guys, but so they will be moving stuff, and we can see them moving stuff. But we're, but what I, my big, my what? Well, what's your big indicator, Brian? There's one particular type of plane that will go airborne about a, um, about an hour before the combined. Uh, air and surface uh, assaults that I'm anticipating in Syria against Iranian forces. And <clears throat> it's, and you'll pardon me for this, I don't make up the acronyms, but it's it's the BACON, the Battlefield Airborne Command Node. The BACON, sorry. Sorry, you, you put an acronym like that in front of Americans, we're going to call it the BACON, okay? So it's called the BACON, so the BACON will go up, and it'll it's going forward from uh, Europe right now. And when when will it be mission ready, or is this the mission when it's uh, coming in from Europe? I don't know. But uh, anyway, um, those are all just simple, as we say, swag, simple wild ass uh, guesses. Here's a big one. Um, hey, do you own property in China? Do you know that you own property in China, or did you just Venmo money to China? Well, this is sort of the problem. Um, the world's biggest property developer is about to crash the Chinese economy if. China really truly believes that Hong Kong is China now. Remember, they they had Hong Kong as um, two systems, one country. They they had hands off Hong Kong from 1997 to about two years ago. Hong Kong has its own British style judicial system, where the judges are actually independent. The whole thing. Property developer China Evergrande Group has been ordered to liquidate by a Hong Kong court, bringing an end to the years-long saga of a company whose default rippled through the world's second-largest economy. 
This is nearly in, in some some years one third of China's GDP was real estate, and you have to under, understand that you know we're not talking about uh, selling condos in the villages years before they're built, but very close to that, because the the Chinese now that they can't have five sons to carry care for them uh, when they're older, they put their money in real estate and for future retirement. So they'll buy a condo. They'll they'll look at the pamphlet or the VR software, go to the website and say, that looks nice. I'll buy 17B. And they'll buy an apartment that is years away from being built, thinking that it's currently existing and that somebody will be in there, living in there until they retire in 10 years, right? So the guy's, whatever, 55 or he's 61. He's going to retire when he's 71. And he has an apartment just standing by waiting for him in in Malaysia, for instance, where huge high-rise cities are empty, are just sitting there empty. And and all of these cities in China are standing there proud in the, in the setting sun, empty, just empty, just like a graveyard. And it's all falling down because the, the company has been funding the next round of, of, of construction with the last round of funding. So it's been, starts with Ponzi and ends the scheme. I don't know, something like that. But... Um, the judge said that Evergrande was given another adjournment in December. They've been giving a bunch of timeouts to make good on their $300 billion uh, deficit. They they owe $300 billion. How do you negotiate that down? Um, judge Linda Chan in Hong Kong said the time is for the court to say enough is enough. The judge said that Evergrande was given another adjournment in December to come up with a new restructuring deal, but they can't because they're commies. And the economy is based on bribes and promises and, and threats of, uh, of corruption investigations. And this just doesn't work. The company was once China's biggest property developer by sales. But saddled with some $300 billion in liabilities, Evergrande, uh, Evergrande stopped paying its debts over two years ago and has been negotiating a restructuring with its creditors ever since. $300 billion, that's like two Californias. So anyway, um, if mainland China, <clears throat> um, if they respect that judge's finding, they have tanked their property sector, which is one third of their GDP. Uh, well, so this might call for some suspense music. Will they respect the judge's ruling or not? They will not uh, because they understand tanking. Because they're about to, because they, they know that right right now, with young people unemployed fleeing China, they can't add the, add this to that because that'll be like a springboard. Already, people with college degrees and never, don't want to drive Uber or Lyft, they're taking all their savings and they're flying to Ecuador and they're pooling in and hiring a coyote to take them to America. And that is their future model is get that asylum in America, and before they change it, and so right now in Quito, Ecuador, there's five hotels that cater just to Chinese. This is all interrelated. This is this is just the, the quan. This is the, the big picture of, of, of everything on this. Um, that the econ this, this is not uh, a healthy wind blowing through China's economy, that the biggest property developer, development firm in China, that that thousands of Chinese Communist Party members locally have pieces of is about to go belly up.
because they owe 300 billion. So um, don't hold your breath on that. Well, I sure hope they come up with a restructuring plan. And this is what comes from this is the funny thing about a market economy is that a market economy has rules. You know, there's a Security and Exchange Commission. There's a Federal Trade Commission. Uh, you, you know, the, you, you, you can't sell car batteries that are blowing up. The, the EV cars that the Chinese are selling hand over fist couldn't even be legally on the roads in, in America. The Chinese have been practicing no limits, no regulatory, booming capitalism, and this is what you get of it. It, 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 it's the worst kind of crony capitalism. It, it's the kind where you're a property developer and you promise that uh, one out of a hundred dollars that you spend, you'll be building a local school. But then the inspection of the school happens over a couple bottles of wine and a nice dinner. And so when the inevitable earthquake happens, the school collapses and it kills all the four-year-olds. So that there's your generation of kids for um, entire families. And then no one goes to jail uh, over it because you've already paid off all the local officials. So this is it, it, the one thing that she and his cronies understand is that if you wet his beak, you'll never be investigated for corruption. If you don't or you're the problem, you'll suddenly be investigated for corruption, which in China means you're going to be found guilty of corruption. And so get ready to donate your kidneys to some lucky kid who pays cash. Um, back in a second. Is it a civil war at the border? The lieutenant governor of Texas says, come and get them. So do you want my you want my razor wire? Molan Labe. Back in a second, AM 770, KTDH. AM 770 KTTH, Brian here. Oh, the Hollies. That's that's when they can make pop music. By God. And I never want to be that guy, by the way. Um, and But I, I really like listening to what the 14-year-old listens to so I can declare it all crap. But what's really funny is that the kids are rediscovering the Led Zeppelins. Like, you never heard of them, Dad, and all that. Back in the day. Um, yeah. And and again, because she has a friend who is teaching himself guitar. I mean, actually autodidact, teaching himself a guitar. And he's into the Nirvanas. You've probably never heard of them. And the Pearl Jams, you know, and such as. And, and the rest. And then he discovered the Led Zeppelins, or Ed and the Zeppelins and, and the whole thing. And and did I tell you this? I did the ultimate trolling of uh, of my kid because because Nirvana was huge with kids just two years ago. And and then that's that's the end of that folks the anecdote because it devolves into name dropping. <laughs> um, all right, so a checking of the texting is called for. I'm going to say without knowing beforehand, long cool woman by the Hollies. That's the Hollies with long cool woman. I'm going to say it's under four minutes, but more than three. Um, 206 says the reason that songs are shorter now is because the talent sucks. You can't make a three-minute song if someone just going, uh-huh, oh, yeah, uh-huh. Are you, are you dissing Lil Yachty? Well, at least Lil Yachty doesn't take three minutes. He just takes 128. Uh, we'll drive people crazy, so they just shorten it up and then move to the next one with a different beat. Um, and producer Rob chimed in and said, I blame TikTok and YouTube shorts. Agreed. Also, Rob uh, says 206. Sorry. So... Um, I, but I mean, I do, I do, if I was a producer, a music producer, 
And I'm I'm in the I'm I'm in the room with the slidey things and the controlly lighty things. Okay, I'm in here. If a if a rapper came in and said, um, "Hey, I'm going to I, I've I've got some funky fresh rhymes," um, I'm going to say, "I'm turning out the recording at a minute forty five. It better be good. It it it, it absolutely better be good uh, because we're not releasing anything past two minutes." Because because I'm guilty on Spotify of like halfway through a song skipping ahead to a song I know is better. But we've been doing that for years with the radio when we're driving home. Well, no, not right. Um, that's Kinda? that's why we dominate other stations and buy them and change their format. <laughs> um, so that you have to stay on on you know uh, with the the show that you're on. While uh, while you're seeking, I, I want to throw this one in. Five, I'm going six, to two. liked liked songs. <laughs> oh, you know what's my 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 current um, favorite uh, song over repeat over and over and over. Okay. I'm trying to master uh, "Closing Time" by Semisonic. Oh, I've heard it ten for, million times. For uh, for for Brian Brian Oakey. Yeah, uh, and then "Obscurity Knocks" and "Hay Fever" by the Trash Can Sinatras. But nice. anyway, "Closing Time." I'm, I I got it nailed uh, on that one. So uh, anyway, more checking of the texting, uh, and these are uh, "Commando," by the way, because we didn't. Uh, I we, found the one on. Uh, uh, Pull-ups? Uh, is that the? I'm, I'm I am trying to be careful here. Five six two oh, regarding yes. the pull-up. You can say the brand name. Depends. Okay, one-time use undergarments. Just say you're training to be an astronaut. <laughs> <laughs> or that woman, that crazy astronaut that drove from Houston to Florida to kill. She was having an affair with a guy, and right. she went to kill his wife or the other one that that he was having the affair with. Yeah, and her her brilliant plan was somehow to refuel her automobile at stores without closed-circuit cameras and never have to get out of the car by wearing Depends. <laughs> it's like, you're not all rocket scientists, apparently. 206 says, Trader Joe's and Starbucks are definitely the worst for a continued mask madness here in Issaquah and Sammamish. Um, yeah, I got to say, in Olympia, there there's a... <clears throat> Um, you know, the other thing around here is that you don't have to buy anything new at RAI. It's all used at a whole bunch of different used camping goods stores. But the guys, especially, they're they're always hippies and they're always wearing masks because it makes sense if you think about it, man. But uh, you're alone in the store. I came here to buy you money. I'm not wearing a mask. You're sitting there wearing a mask and you're you're looking at me. Yeah. And that that if you want to go back, if you want to do cosplay 2021, go to Olympia. <laughs> no, but that's why I'm glad I'm not doing jury duty for a week in there. That's a week of cosplay of acting like it's 2021. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, the governors are circling the wagons on this, um, by the way. Uh, by this, I mean the border. Uh, so speaking, backing Governor Abbott, uh, every Republican governor, um, Alabama, Alaska, Arkansas, uh, Florida, Whoever that guy's name is, uh, Brian Kemp in Georgia, uh, Idaho, uh, Montana. Just if it's a Republican, they're backing Abbott. And also because they know that for Texas, the manpower issue of rotating Texas National Guard people who have real lives and day jobs through this can be hard. So they're they're setting up partnerships with Texas. You don't have to, like, border Texas uh, to send your National Guard to Texas. That's between the governor's phone call and, and the guy who picks it up. And Texas is saying, yes, we will take 1,200 Idaho uh, guardsmen and, and, and more. In focus.
This is what the federal government uh, is charged in the Constitution with doing, and it's why Governor Abbott's taking the actions that he has. I mean, it's really outrageous the, that the administration's trying to push this back on the legislative process. It's that was not a member of the Dukes of Hazard. That was the governor of Georgia, <clears throat> the, the well-named Brian Kemp, uh, though. Um, and now let, let's go to the uh, uh, governor of Montana. I'm for the... Uh, administration to step up and do their job. That's why it was not a question about whether we were going to stand uh, with Governor Abbott. The only action he's taken was appointing Kamala Harris as the czar for the southern border. That I, was that intentional? He is he is uh, Greg Gianforte, the the governor of uh, Montana, uh, next door after you jump over uh, Idaho. Did he did he intentionally mispronounce her name? I was just wondering the same. I, by the way, I would not put it uh, past him. Agency that the administration's trying to push this back guy. on the legislative process. It's time for the uh, administration to step up and do their job. That's why it was not a question about whether we were going to stand uh, with Governor Abbott. The only action he's taken was appointing Kamala Harris as the. <laughs> yes, he did. So anyway, that there, there you go, and some somebody's gonna virtue. They're gonna Newsom explain him how it's pronounced. Because he he always went way out of his way. Uh, well, so what about the border? What's what's the deal um, down there? Here's uh, Trump over the weekend. Now Trump stance, and again, I want a pro. I, I I want a real solution. I don't want a cap at five thousand people a day, which is actually what the Senate bill is. Because now you'll have people drowning at two a.m. Because because the day starts at midnight. And there's going to be 5,000 people at every port of entry where they're crossing illegally. There's going to be 5,000 5, asylum seekers per day. That's that's what Biden calls border security, is a 5,000-person uh, cap. So in other words, uh, it's uh, it's an Oklahoma land grab. It's people sprinting across the Rio Grande at midnight to be one of the 5,000. And not just Rio Grande, but from California uh, to the Gulf of Mexico. And that's going to be a caca show. <laughs> Is that a thing? It's going to be a total caca show. It's not a solution. So uh, Trump is advising. Um, because, and also here's the political reality, as we've discussed ad nauseum for the last two weeks. It is a unmatchably Republican talking point. Because the, thanks to Abbott, it's now a nationwide issue. Everyone's eyes on it. Um, major media cannot ignore it anymore like they could when it was just a Texas issue. Um, but uh, I think you can you can you can smell what the Trump is cooking here in the House. As you know, the speaker who's, by the way, if I think he's going to prove to be a very good speaker. It's tough when you have a very small majority. Very tough. Mike Johnson, speaker. He just said it's dead on arrival in the House. It's dead on arrival. We want either a strong bill or no bill. And whatever happens, happens. But this is the single greatest threat to our country right now. And so, you know, like, like I say, I understand this is politics getting in the way of, of the, the, is it the bigger good? Well, if you don't solve the problem, it's not a bigger good to just get this done now and uh, get the best we can do. Because that, that's, I'm sorry, but 5,000 people a day is not the best we can do. That's 1.8 million. Um, and the, the, new, the new strategy for the committee to reelect the president is to call out Trump and to get him off message. Trump sent a kind of on message there. Let's check in with Screaming Grandpa. 
Ready, go. He apparently can't tell the difference between Nikki Haley and Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> well, as commander-in-chief, I look at veterans completely differently than Donald Trump. Think about this, especially here in South Carolina, a proud military state. Donald Trump, when he was commander-in-chief, refused to visit a cemetery, U.S. cemetery, outside of Paris for fallen American soldiers. And he referred to those heroes, and I quote, as suckers and losers. He actually said that. Why are you screaming, Grandpa? Back in a second, AM 770 KTDH. AM 770 KTTH, uh, Brian Suits here, last time here for a Monday. I'm going to say that the Channel co the channel Coast is fogged in, no jump tonight. Uh, because <clears throat> as I'm looking at real-time uh, civilian uh, air travel, uh, yeah, they're avoiding Syria, but oftentimes they just will, just because. Uh, the Israelis a couple hours ago struck targets in Damascus, and they're sort of an indicator of how things work. And so commercial air travel saying, you know, best to avoid. You know, it might be a couple hundred more pounds of fuel to get to Moscow or London or whatever, but uh, better than flying over and getting shot down. Because there, there's some busy airspace, military airspace over Syria, and it's probably going to get busier. Maybe not today. And then, by the way, it's uh, um, <clears throat> a little past 7.47 at night in Syria, I believe, right now. Dark uh, moon, eighty-eight percent illumination. It's a it's a gibbous waning moon. Um, skies are clear, and the whole thing. Because here's the the one considered planning consideration that I would be raising my hand in in the back of the tent talking about is that for the Iranians, they know we're coming for them. They do have some capability air defense wise. And I know big sky, little bullet, but, you know, a service terror missile only gets lucky once. If you shoot 200, one of them is going to get lucky. Um, I know it's anathema. It's not something that we've seen since uh, the Gulf War in 2003. But an, um, an American pilot with a bruised face and a jumpsuit and uh, maybe female, you know, that's not something the country really wants to see. And I, I would say right now, if you can go unmanned. For 48 hours and still pack a punch, um, still devastate the Iranians that are still alive in, in, in Syria. The the uh, Israelis uh, rid the world of two or three Revolutionary Guard guys uh, earlier today uh, in Damascus. Um, because one of the problems that we're having, and I think this is going to add a, a day of planning on this, is to operate in Syrian airspace, you have to have a liaison officer in Baghdad, and he's down the hall from the Russian liaison officer. There really actually is a Russian LNO uh, in Baghdad, or as we say, least needed officer. And we really do coordinate uh, strikes over Syria, and we, we look seriously at them as if they're not going to somehow signal to Iran that we're coming. Israel has a far more complex relationship with Russia in regards to operating in Syria. 
the Russians are such scumbags that they're able that they throw their friends under the bus right in front of them from their capital city. The, the Israelis will coordinate through Moscow when they're coming because they don't want a Russian aircraft to shoot down an incoming wave of Israeli F-35s. <clears throat> that would be everyone's nightmare, that Russians shoot down a bunch of uh, Israelis. So to avoid that, there's a Israeli liaison hotline to Moscow. Now, a couple of years ago, a Russian electronic warfare aircraft was shot down on its way back into Syria for landing. And the Russians went ballistic. It was like 18 dead Russians littering the Mediterranean Sea. And the Syrians said, it was the Jews. It was the Jews that did it. Well, what they didn't appreciate was that the Israelis keep meticulous records where their aircraft are and are not. And they, they dispatched a team to Moscow to show in, in hard data it wasn't us. In fact, it was this particular Syrian service air missile battery reacting to the strike that we just did. So the Israelis hit Damascus on their way out. They're flying away. And some, like, nephew of Assad said, fire the missile thingy, make it go pew-pew or whatever. And, and they took some tail shots of the Israelis who were laughing in Jewish on the way back to Israel, and they shot down a Russian plane. And then they lied about it. So there's no love lost between uh, the Russians and their Syrian uh, leg humpers. Um, but uh, in all likelihood, because the world is this complex and it's just melting down, we're arming the country that's killing Russians because they invaded Ukraine. And now we're going to go to them and say, and we would really, really take it personally if you would, we would take it as a personal favor if you would keep this from the Iranians. And then actually believe they would. Because, you know, they, they know we're coming already, you know, and the whole thing. Uh, but are we coming tonight? Well, let me zoom out. Syria is an island without commercial aircraft over it. Um, and I, I say no. And so it, it sounds to me like we're getting chess pieces, like the USS told you so and the USS don't, are getting in position to more effectively uh, launch aircraft, including naval cruise missiles, um, into Syria. And we're also... <clears throat> Also, by the way, if, if you are, if you happen to be your network's Pentagon correspondent, today you might want to ask, why was the air defense so ineffective? Because we have air defense for counter-rocket and mortar. Surely you can shoot down a 200-mile-an-hour Iranian-made UAV. The Ukrainians are doing it. Uh, they're, they're shooting down 99% of these things. Why did we not see this coming? Why are the troops sitting there sleepy time in their, in their quarters at 2 a.m. with the when the Iranians predictably uh, shoot the unmanned aerial vehicle at them, at them uh, there. But uh, so uh, anyway, did we get to the part where Biden yells? Did I don't, I, I don't is, think so. Is that this American part? soldiers, and he referred to those heroes, and I quote, as suckers and losers. He actually said that. He said that. How dare he say that? How dare he talk about my son and all of us dressed like that? Oh, don't worry, folks. There's just, just a little dementia talking on that one. Again, his son died in Walter Reed Army Medical Center. He was the Attorney General of Delaware. It was very sad. Uh, he sounds like a spiffing bloke, but he died in a hospital, not in battle. And he wasn't. he's not buried in a World War II cemetery somewhere in, in Paris, but... Uh, so anyway, and that that's one of the signs. I got to say, for all the ranting we see Trump do, you don't see him get unhinged. The most unhinged I've ever seen him was the night he won in New Hampshire, and he went on the Nikki Nikki Haley rant. 
but he never slurred his words and contorted his face. He said that. How dare he say that? How- uh, so anyway, there's, there's that. <clears throat> that was the other Biden. Um, what's that? That was the other Biden. Uh, yeah. Um, so uh, that that is their campaign strategy is uh, for, for him to get mad about Trump or something because they're trying to get Trump to get off his message and the whole thing. But I can tell that they're they're very frustrated today because th- this was I don't want to say this was this was not a black swan event. Is it this? I mean, I've I've been informing all of you we're at war with Iran since 1979, but it's heated up uh, to about nine of since October 7th, very low level, and and I know because no one's supposed to talk about it. No one in uniform who is downrange in Syria. First of all. He has to explain today what we're doing in Syria because 99% of Americans and probably 100% of Democrats don't know because then he has to admit it was a Trump policy that he didn't do a 180 on. He didn't reverse. Just like all the tariffs on, and sanctions on China. When when they become news, he has to explain why they're still there. Um, if you want an example of a new policy, that's asylum in Texas. Try that one, Okay. And so anyway, that's uh, that's going on, um, and the the impeachment of Mayorkas uh, is continuing today. That and that, by the way, that's the window dressing. It has no chance in the Senate, but that's kind of the the pullback. If they're going to keep, if they're going to vote no on that bill, then they keep that campaign issue. The Democrats can try to explain politics to the average American, but the average American doesn't doesn't mind that they don't. They're not going to listen to. Uh, that they could have done something about this, but they didn't. Because then you're getting into that 10% of Americans that approve of Congress's job. Now, the majority of Americans think it's all a bunch of crap and they don't pay attention. Um, unless uh, unless Grandpa goes like this, which uh, he did. And I quote, as suckers and losers. He actually said that. He said that. How dare he say that? How dare he talk about my son and all of us dressed like that? And when John Kelly first related that anecdote, uh, it, it sounded like it, 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 the reason it got legs, was he didn't like, like quote him verbatim, but it, it, because it sounded like something he would say or something like that. But uh, anyway, we'll withhold judgment on that one. All right. Well, tomorrow is, as always, Tuesday, um, and we'll see if um, the state of Washington uh, actually does successfully uh, ban boulders. Um, if they vote for whole, homeless people over boulders, and we'll see. I'm I am prepared to uh, do a backstroke if if it does, if, if there is an American strike on Iranian targets in Syria. Um, we are sending a lot of stuff over there, but I don't think this president um, calculates that he would be reelected if he got America into the war we've been putting out for 40 years. So the one with Iran. The one-way war, where Iran's a war with us. They get to hit us anytime they want, and we get to move mud um, near their camps in Syria. Um, anyway, back in a second. In second, I mean uh, 21 short hours, uh, Tuesday morning. Be back here, won't you please? AM 770 KTTH. Thanks to uh, fill-in producer, fully functional producer, uh, Rob. And Greg will be back tomorrow, and so will I. AM 770 KTTH.